And while you're standing, you can go ahead and turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. And I'm going to begin reading in verses 16 through 24. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 14. And we're going to begin reading in verse 16 down through verse 24. Are you there yet? Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have brought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have brought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame, And the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you are about to do, God. My heart is so filled. God, there are so many things, Lord, that is available for us and God and what you want to do through us. God, we understand that you have set us apart for such a time as this. And so, God, I pray that as you gave it to me, help me to give it to the people. And I pray, God, that you would motivate us and stir our hearts and that, God, when it's said and done, that there will be great clarity and great understanding and great wisdom that this is a word from you. And so, God, I empty myself. I stand on holy ground. I stand, Lord God, to be used of you as your mouthpiece to build up, to strengthen, and to encourage this body to which I am very, very grateful, Lord. And so, Father God, we say right now we need you. We need to hear from you right now. Every person in this room, at the end of the day, God, we need to hear from you today for you are a present help you're a God that understands present circumstances and situations and you have a word for us and God I pray that this vision Lord that we give today 
will be one that will propel our church, God, to places, God, that we never thought imaginable. Father, I pray that faith will arise in this people, that we will have the faith to believe. And I pray, God, that that faith will manifest itself in our taking the steps necessary to facilitate what you want to do in the house. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. amen. You may be seated in our God's presence. Well, it is Vision Sunday. And uh, I, I must say to you that <laughs> I really, I really uh, hope and pray that you have taken some time and prayed for me this morning. I, I, I really do appreciate that because the task that God has given us as a church and as a people is enormous. And I want to begin this message by saying that our time is now. Look at your neighbor and say that with me. Our time is now. Say it again. Our time is now. This is harvest time. This is a time where God begins to pour out his Holy Spirit in amazing and incredible ways. This is a time when your hopes and dreams come to fruition. This is a time when all that we have believed for, prayed for, struggled for, this is harvest time. And I want that to resonate very, very deep in your spirit because God is about to use you. He's about to bless you beyond what you are even thinking right now. I don't know what's going through your head right now, but you need to listen to the spirit this morning because something is about to happen. And I am... I don't even know, I, I, I feel like I'm a cannonball that's about to explode. And I'm trying to discipline myself because I don't know where to start. But, but you understand that now is our season as a people. You are here in the life of this church at an amazing time. A time where God takes ordinary people like you and me. Anytime that God ever did anything massive and huge, he used ordinary people. That's right, people like you. Because I want you to take a look at the few chairs that we have left. Because you will see them no more. This is our time. I am going to a whole nother level. I pray that you come with me. I pray that you come with me. As you know that our anthem for this year has been Position for Success. I began praying about this year actually back in November. And I began to just seeking God and praying and, and understanding that there was a time even in the life of our church that, that things had just seemed to be a little stagnant. Things weren't seem, seemingly to progress the way we were hoping and believing. Some folks began perhaps to get a little bit discouraged. You were battling life. Life was coming at you at 15 different ways, and you're trying to make it through. And, and there just seemed to be 
a something that was missing. And, and, and I began to seek the Lord. Didn't say anything to anybody. But I just began to pray and, and I began to seek. And, 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 and I'm praying and I'm seeking. And I say, Lord, 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 I am tired, Lord. I, I, I am tired of, of, listen to what I'm saying. I am tired, God, of sowing much but reaping little. I, I am tired of God's people seeming to struggle and not be able to really find their way and find joy and happiness in serving God. I begin to seek the Lord, and, and I said, Lord, there must be something, God, that you want us to do. <laughs> and God spoke to me very clearly. He says, I need you to set some things in order. He said to me these words, set the house in order. I didn't fully know what that meant. I continued to pray. He said, set the house in order. God, God what are you really saying? And God began to show me that, that what he wants to do, that there has to be not only an a anticipation for it, but the position for it. So there's an anticipation, but then there is a coming together, understanding and realizing that there are some things that we must do as a church. So then God wants to pour out his blessing. How many of you know that God is a good, God is a good God, but you, how many know he's a wise God and God is a, he's a wise over his stuff. He's wise over his people, and God will not entrust to us anything that we don't handle the way he wants us to handle it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our God is an awesome God. God is, if for lack of better words, he is a businessman. God understands, and, and, and God has protocols. He has protocols, and so, so we begin to take a look at our ministry from top to bottom. Several weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I began to call the staff together and and I begin to talk to them about preparation and planning, and we begin to think of ways to uh, be more effective in our ministry, more accountability, executing a plan, really begin to pray and seek God, that, that we were calling for, for all of us to begin to seek what the Lord wanted to do in the life of this people, understanding that anything that happens in this church, you benefit, the community benefit. You are blessed. Listen, when you get blessed, our church get blessed. Are you understanding what I'm saying? When we get into a line, God begins to shift some things, and we become the recipient of it. Because this blessing don't just, the blessing is a microcosm of what God is doing in your personal life. Are you hearing me? So God began to speak about getting some things in order from top to bottom. And so we've been focusing in on that and, and, and still praying, still praying and still not quite getting there. God spoke to me a few weeks ago in a little old beautiful, wonderful place, one of the best places on earth. And Sister Judy will testify. I was in Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. So let me explain to you, before we get into uh, the text, let me explain to you, Cleveland is my, it's my spot now. Whenever I want to hear from God, I'm going to Cleveland. So, so I'm sitting there and I'm praying and I'm praying, and I said, God, what would you have us do? God, what would you have us do? What would you have us do? And, and all of a sudden, I just kept hearing this, this 120. 
I, I said, God, we need to do something, Lord, a plan so that we can move together. How many know God blesses togetherness? You want to know how God moves? He blesses togetherness. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles and the disciples and the, the 120 in Acts chapter 115, which is part and partial to this 120, there were 120 people in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell on them. I didn't even know it when God gave me 120. And, and, and when I began to understand, I was like, wow. And God says, because I asked God, I said, God, what's the 120 for? What's 120? And God, and God led me to Acts 115. And if you read that verse, what you understand is that the move of God how God moved and touched the people, how the gospel began to penetrate the community. It happened with the 120 who were all gathered there together. And you know, when they were together, the scripture says, watch this, that they were on one accord. Everybody say one accord. That when they were finally come together on one accord, the Holy Spirit fell and God moved. And I said, okay, God, I got it, 120. God says, and here's what God said to me. He said to me, I want you to tell my people to make a commitment to me for 120 days for the harvest. And here's what I said to God. I said, God, but, but it's, it's cold outside. It's not even harvest time. How do you know what I'm talking about? I said, God, this don't make sense. They're going to laugh at me. God, this doesn't cut it. And then God spoke to me, John, here it is, 435, you know the saying, <laughs> four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around, for the fields are already ripe for the harvest. And I began, and let me tell you, and, and, and when God began to speak to me, he gave me a five-point plan. He said that if my people, I want you to tell my people, this is a message from God to you. He said, tell my people, I want them to commit to me for 120 days, and I'll turn their church around. I'll bless your family. Your life will never be the same. I mean, no, that's a bargain. And I began, I said, Lord, I said, I was, I was awestruck because I didn't think, I wasn't thinking about 120. I, I didn't really realize, I didn't think much about the harvest, uh, harvest and planting and, and harvesting as a form. I didn't think much about that. But God said that everything that you do in the life of this church for this year, 120, it, it, it will undergird the whole campaign. We'll continue to minister. We'll continue to disciple. We'll continue to teach. We'll continue to preach. We'll continue to do everything that we're doing. But the thing that will be driving us is 120. Everybody say 120. 120 is a four-month period where we together, together will bring in the harvest. Together. I see the frustration on some of your faces. Uh, how many know I, I feel you even when you don't think I feel you? I, I know what you're thinking. I know where you are because I spend time praying about every one of you. And God talks to me about every one of you after he finished talking to me about me first. <laughs> and that usually takes a little while longer. 
But, but God, 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 God speaks to me. And I see sometimes the frustration sometimes. Man, I see when we have big crowds come in and we seem like we have a, a good, a, and I see both faces light up. You seem like your pep and your step gets a little bit uh, uh, crispier. You seem really, really excited. Oh, man, you're like, man, we're, we're growing. And then, and then I see you when, when, when things are on the downside and, and you don't look too good because then you get discouraged. You start to wonder, man, if God is in this, you start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt everything. You start to wonder, man, what's what's happening? Because deep down inside of your souls, you know that we are supposed to be growing. Now, now let me let me underscore this, because I know some of the folks and some of the folks who have small churches like we do, some of the ministers use as an excuse. Well, you know, we're not we're not growing. Well, well you know, it's because it's because uh, uh, God don't really care about numbers. I, and my answer to that, well, that's not true. It's not true because one of the books in the Old Testament is called what? He wrote a whole book about numbers. So that's. Right out of the, right from the onset. We, we know God cares about numbers. The Bible said when Peter preached, 3,000 people got saved. Somebody was counting somewhere. Somebody was somewhere right now. Look at this. Because your spiritual growth, watch this. Also, you're not, listen to me, our spiritual growth is incomplete unless we're reproducing. It's incomplete. Well, I'm growing. It's good that you're growing. And, and I'm being more like Christ. Yes, God wants us to be more like Christ. But do you not know that the more like Christ you become, the more evangelistic you become? And you begin to reach people. And if you're frustrated and if you're mad about it, use that anger to go out there and tear down some things and bring about what God wants to see. We cannot sit no more the days of sitting down and feeling sorry for ourselves and, and just having low expectations are over. It's over. These days are gone. And anybody who don't want to get on the bus, there's a stop for you. But look at the neighbor and say, we got to move. We got to move. See, 120 is about we got to move. Because we know that we got people all around us and God did not sit us here so that we can just look at each other every week. I love you. I love you. I care about you. I know you love me. Please say you love me. I'm sensitive. But I don't want to listen. I don't want to just look at you for 50 years or however long you're here. I want, I want to see this place filled with new people. It ain't but one way to do it, people, at the end of the day. It ain't but one way to do this. We can try to skirt around it. We can try to polish it up. We can try to avoid the obvious. But we cannot, we cannot look at the scriptures and you look at the apostles and listen to me, they were together, they were scared to death. They would have stayed 120. They would have stayed in that room. All the apostles, all of them gathered. If they would have stayed there scared and not engaging, the gospel wouldn't have went any place. But boy, when they got out, 
When the Holy Spirit fell, and this is what we're going to be doing next week as we go into 120. We're going to have everybody come up next week, and we're going to pray that the Holy Ghost will fall. I'll explain here in a moment, this is not about your great ideas. This is not about you coming up with wise. This has to be a move of the God, move of the Spirit. And the only way I know to do that is that we got to do it the Spirit's way, God's way. I am excited. I'm on, I'm on fire because I see this thing. Do anybody else see this? So, so understand something. Understand something. We are going to another level. The cry of your heart. The cry of your heart. I, 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 I want to see, see, see. Church, too many of God's people are more occupied with doing church than winning souls. See, when you become occupied with winning souls, it changes the whole dynamic and how you do everything because every person walking through that door is priceless. Do you hear me? Every person, every one soul that comes through the Now, there's going to be a whole lot of souls coming through here in the next four months. Do you hear me? It, listen to me. Get in position. Get rid of your stuff because something is about to happen. God has spoken. Jesus, his mission. I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm trying to get out of my introduction. Okay. Um, the mission of Jesus. I want to underscore this because this is so important. Because I don't want us to miss it. I think sometimes we miss this. John 3.16 and 17 says this. A very, very familiar passage of scripture, but hear it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he gave, he gave, he gave, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God was motivated. Jesus came for one reason. One reason. Think about all the benefits of following Christ. Healing, blessing, uh, we get good houses, we get good land, we get good cars, you know, we have eternal life. All that, I mean, great. But, but Jesus' primary reason was to come and seek that which was lost. That's Luke 19.10. So I want you to think about it. Everything that Jesus did, everything, everything was about this one thing. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He's telling you, that's why I'm here. And here's the further point. He says, now that I've come to do that, you are to carry on my mission, my work in the earth. We are to do that. Jesus says in Matthew, I'm sorry, in John 20, 21, listen to this. He says, peace, he says, uh, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me. Watch this. As the Father sent me. What did Jesus do? When Jesus evangelized, how many you know he engaged? He went about, he talked with people, he ate with people, he preached the gospel. It was his mission, and it must become ours. He said, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you as the Father. In other words, like, like Jesus did it, we are to carry on that mission. And the way Jesus did it was, how many know, he had followers. His church grew so much so that the religious leaders got upset because they saw that the whole crowds were beginning to come after him. Why? Because God had anointed him. <laughs> Y'all got to stay with me. 
because I'm going to lose some of you. God had anointed him to preach the good news. And whenever you get underneath God's anointing, breakthrough, power, stuff happens when we get in sync with God. Stuff happens in your life when you get in sync with God, when you understand that the anointing, we talk about the anointing that breaks every yoke. The anointing really is getting in position to in what God, getting in line with the spirit of God. Because when we get in line with the spirit of God, you're going to birth a baby. Amen. You're going to birth some stuff. Things must happen. Why? Because God anoints his stuff. So let's talk about this thing of local evangelism. I, I want to draw a contrast before we get into our five points. I want you to think with me for a moment. Jesus said this. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, God so loved the world that he sent me. He sent me. God so loved the world, the world, the world, the world, the world that he sent Jesus. I want that to settle in. God so loved the world, the world, the world, the world. Then there seems to be a bit of a conflict. And I say seems. Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said to them, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Ah, my Jesus. How is it that you were just sent to the lost sheep of Israel? Now understand that because you first hear that. I remember when I first read that verse many, many years ago, it didn't jive with me. I didn't understand. Like, no, well, Jesus, but I know you came to save the world. I mean, it's very clear that you came to do that. Then why is it that you say that I came for the lost sheep of Israel? How many know that God is all about target evangelism? Stay with me. Because some of you about, some of y'all stay with me. Don't go nowhere. I'm still, I'm still moving. Now watch. So the disciples, look at Matthew chapter 10. Go to Matthew chapter number 10, verses 5 through 10. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 10. Thank you. You get there, say amen. (laughs) These, verse number 5, these 12 Jesus sent out. 12, this is 12 apostles. And he commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles. But don't you care about the Gentiles too? How many of you believe that Jesus cared about the Gentiles? You know who Gentiles are? Anybody that's a non-Jew. Anybody who was a non-Jew, you're a Gentile. Jesus said, he said, he anointed him, he said this. He said, now here, I don't want you to go except but to the lost house of Israel. I want you to go there. Now I'm moving somewhere. Are you hearing? Ask the Lord to give you a listening ear. He cares about the world. He came for the world, but yet he told his apostles and disciples to start, watch this, where they were. Are you getting this now? 
He says, I want, I, how many know when Jesus came, he, he didn't come all over, he wasn't spread all over the place. He came through the nation of Israel. That's where he came. And then, let's take it a step further. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. You can turn there if you like. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But you shall receive power. <laughs> How many you want power? Oh, gosh. God want to give you power this morning. He's given us power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want you to look at that verse very very, very carefully. Jesus, look at, look, look at how he describes the progression. He says, you will be witnesses into, to me first in Jerusalem. How many know that's where he was? That's where they're local. Watch this, watch this. Then he goes a step further. What? He said, in Judea, which was a little further out. And then he says, and then in Samaria, and then ultimately to the other most parts of the earth. Now, why, pastor, are you harping on that? Because here's what I want you to understand. You are here in Stafford County because we have a responsibility to reach the people of this city. Do you hear me? It is not to say that we don't care about what's happening in Washington State all the way across the country. It's not to say that we don't care what happens in Maine, which is on the other end of the country. It's not to say that we don't care about what happens in Hampton Roads. But how many know that ministry starts right where you are? Let me take it a step further. The Apostle Paul, for an example, when he planted churches, the church at Corinth, the church at Colossae, the church at Ephesus, uh, the church at Thessalonica, when he planted these churches, he planted those churches in those communities so that they can reach those communities. Do you hear me? He didn't plant a church in Thessalonica and then say, okay, y'all go reach people across the world. He planted them there, and he said, your first responsibility is to this city. It's not that, listen to me, I told you before, many of you heard me say this, when God told me to come to Stafford County, I didn't want to come here. You understand? I don't, I, listen, for those who've been here for, sorry, Frida, I know you've been here forever. I did not want to come here. I didn't think there was anything here. I didn't want to do it. But I, because I knew that if God called me to Stafford County, then God has set me there. Watch this, people. He set me there to witness and to minister and to bring in the harvest right where I am. And until we're effectively doing ministry right here in Stafford County, we are not really qualified in the way that we should be to do ministry out there because God first, our first responsibility is here. It's kind of like doing me talk about in ministry, that when you talk about doing ministry, that we say that your first responsibility is at home. Make sure that your home is well. Make sure that your home is in order. Make sure everything there is in order. Why? Because that's because all of that springs everything else. So Jesus said to them, your first responsibility is here, Stafford County. Now, I say that because you, if you're like me, some of you work way, way, way out of the way. I hear some amen. Some of you in McLean. Some of you in Bethesda. Some of you, like me, in Fairfax, some of, I mean, all over the place. And by the time we get home, somebody know what I'm talking about. I mean, you barely have time to eat and sleep. Isn't that right, Crystal? 
You barely have time to eat and sleep. But here's what God is still saying. That does not absolve us from the responsibility of reaching the people of this city. The people of this city, God has assigned us to do it. Us, we're here. When God called me to Stafford County, he says, I want you to reach this city. So here's the thing. This city is filled with a lot of people who don't know Christ. Anybody agree with me there? We need to see them here. It's not to say we don't care about other places. But our first responsibility is our Jerusalem. Your Jerusalem is Stafford County. Look at your neighbor and say it with me. Your Jerusalem, say it, is Stafford County. Your Jerusalem is Stafford County. Just like Jesus told them, he says, look, he said, don't you go to the Gentiles, go to the sheep of Israel. He told the lady, he said, lady, you don't understand. He said, lady, I've come for the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus was simply saying, you start where you are. Number one, let's get to our five-point plan. Number one, you still with me? Here's our five-point plan. Number one, pray for the loss of Stafford community. Look at Jeremiah 29. Look at Jeremiah 29. How many of you are familiar with that passage of scripture where the Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope? Many people quote that verse. It's a marvelous verse. It is. But, do you, but many people don't understand the context of where that verse came from. I'm going to give you the context of that verse this morning. Are you there yet? In, in, are you there in verse 4? Listen to this. Now, understand, let me, let me give you a little bit of a backdrop. Here, the people... Israel was carried away to Babylon. God had carried him away. The prophet Jeremiah has spoken on behalf of God, and God said, for 70 years, you're going to stay here. And there was, a false, there was some false prophets running around saying, man, God don't want you to stay. God wants you to go back. So there were some people that were kind of torn because, do I stay or do I go? Do I stay? And so, and so there were false prophets. And so God had to get the true message to them. Now watch what he says here in verse number 4. Look, look at this. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them. Watch this. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Now, remind you, they're in Babylon. This is where God has them. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. That you may be increased, that you may increase. Everybody say increase. There. See, how many know God wants us to increase? And not diminish. Hallelujah. Now watch this. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away. Who caused him to be there? He says, seek. He said, watch this. He says, and seek for the peace of the city where I have carried you away captive and pray watch this to the Lord for it mm, mm, mm. and for its peace you will have peace come on somebody for thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you nor listen to your dreams uh, listen to the dream your dreams which you cause to be dreamed look at verse 4 but thus says the Lord after 70 years are completed at Babylon 
I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. And then look at verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. It says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Everybody say hope. So what God said to them is that since you are here, this is what I called you to be. How many of you know, how many of you say God, is, God has planted me here? Well, how do I know if God planted me here? What's your address? <laughs> as best you know. Here's the thing. Here's the point. He says, build your houses. Plant. Pray for that city. So for 120 days, for 120 days, every single day, every single day, we want you to get up and pray for this community. For in, when you pray for its peace, you get peace. How many know that in order for the harvest to come, we need to care for this community? We need to pray for this community. So for 120 days, here's what the Lord said he wants you to do. God says, show me, he says, my people, show me that they're serious. I will turn it around. Pray for the city. Some of you say, well, pastor, we need some laborers. How many know that the Bible says the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are what? Few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Now, understand that those laborers are people who know Jesus now. And some of them are people who don't know him at all yet. They're not following him. But in any case, he says, pray for the city and pray for the labor. So we're going to pray for 120 days every day. Every day, every day, we start, Lord, Lord, send us laborers. Lord, we're going to pray for the city as God shows you things, as violence is in the street, whatever's going on. Read your local paper. Look at, look at the neighbor and say, read your paper. Read the Freelance Star. I know you don't like it. I know it ain't the Washington Post. I know it ain't USA Today. But read it. Why? Because God has planted you here to reach the people of this city. Number two. For 120 days, you're going to receive an evangelism verse or passage of the day. How many know that God's word has a lot to say about evangelism? And so every single day, you will receive a verse. And so here's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to read it. And not only to read it, but to meditate on it and then figure out a way to apply what you hear. We can learn a whole lot in God's word about how God, how Jesus dealt with the woman who was caught in adultery. Y'all remember that? Jesus said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. How many know everybody dropped them stones? Or the prodigal son who was wayward, who did not, who, who had left his father. And, 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 and the Bible talks about how his father saw him a long way off and welcomed him back. Or the Samaritan encounter when Jesus met the woman at the well. You remember that? And he began to tell her about her immoral lifestyle. And things began to change in her life. Because that woman became an evangelist after Jesus prophesied to her about her life. And she began to speak the word of God. And she said, everybody, y'all need to come and see. How many know that people came? How many know when you've been touched by God, you tell other people? I don't understand people say, I've been touched by God, and you keep your mouth shut. What, what's, what's, what's that? Help me with that. How, when, you are, when you have been graced with the most incredible gift of all time, you keep your mouth shut. I, how many know some of you get a new car, and you want to tell everybody? 
doing a selfie of your car. Facebook deaths. Well, I got something more valuable than a car, amen? How about salvation? How about eternal life? You think somebody ought to know about that? Right here in this community, there are lots and lots of people riding right by our sign as we are speaking. And God has said, says, what are we going to do about it right here in this room? So listen, so read your evangelism passage every day. You're going to get it, so make sure that the uh, that Sister Diva has either your text or your email, so we make sure we got that information because you're going to get it. Read it. It's going to be a verse, and it's going to keep it on the forefront of your mind. It's going to keep you thinking about the loss. It's going to keep. This is a commitment. How many know that we're making a commitment to God? 120 days. Is anybody tired yet? We only got three more. Number three. Here's what we're asking you to do. Number three. Invite at least one person to church every single day for the next 120 days. Right here, Stafford County. People that you know that can come. Some of you got family members. Some of you got loved ones. Some of you got neighbors. Hallelujah. That we don't even know their names. Why don't you be bold? Why don't you step out in the deep? Why don't you go knock on the door and take some cookies? Do something that you've never done before. Just live a little bit on the wild. I mean, if you want to live for God, sometimes you got to be on the wild side just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, you got to be bold, amen? See, God is going to bless. Now, watch this. That invitation can come one of them. It can come several ways. You can do it. We're gonna, next week, we're going to have a bunch of extra cards for you here. So you can, if, you, if you pass out a card during the day or you post it someplace, that will count as you sharing. You get on Facebook, you can Facebook a friend, you can, you can email them, anything you do. For some of you, say, well, I don't like to get outside because it's cold. Okay, now we still figure that out. Use electronics. Invite someone to this community every single day. Don't go to bed until you touch someone with a card or something. God said, do it for 120 days. I'll bless the church. I'll bless the church. 120 days. <laughs> look at Luke chapter 14. Uh, we, we look at this verse. Go back, go back to Luke chapter 14 real quick. I just want to show you something because we, we talked about, talk about this in, in, invitation thing. I want to underscore this. <laughs> in Luke chapter 14, look at, look at verse number. I want to go down a little bit. Look at verse 21 again. So that the servant came. And reported these things to his master. The master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and into the lanes of the city. And in, 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 I'm sorry, and bring him in here, the poor, the maimed, and the lame, and the blind. But look at the determination. Look at verse 22. And the servant said, master, it is done as you commanded. So in other words, he went out there. He said, look, I went and invite. I brought some people in. I brought him in. But you thought the master would have been happy? Did you not know the master still wasn't happy? Look what else what the master said. He said, then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways, hedges, and compel them to come that my house may be what? God wants his house filled. That must be a revelation to every person in here. God wants his house filled. He said, go out to the streets, the lame, the poor, the blind. In other words, he's saying, look, if the people at the country club don't want it, hit the streets. Go to the hedges, to the highways, get the unwanted. But whatever you do, bring them in that my house, hallelujah, might be filled. But see, how many know that if we're going to grow, we got to want to grow? 
Come on, somebody. This is precious to God. If this right here, if, if what I'm saying to you doesn't mean a whole lot to you, something ain't right. We're trying to make that connection today. We want to make that connection. So we're going to invite for 120 days at least one person. Everybody say one. Every day. Every day. Every single day. And number four, we're going to fast and pray at least one day or one meal a week, however you want to do it, one day. Some of us, like myself, are going to fast a day once a week. And some of you are saying, oh, man, I'm going to go home and eat all the chicken I can now so I have plenty left over so I won't have to worry about it. Because some of you love to eat like me. I, love, I don't like fasting. I'll tell you that right now. You know, if I ever call the church to fast, you know I fought with the Lord. We wrestled real hard over that. I can tell you that, buddy. Because I can tell you, I don't like to miss no meal. My wife, I don't play with that. So you, God going to have to speak. But Pastor the Lord said fast. Well, well, you know what? The Lord ain't said that to me yet. And it might be a little delayed because I'm going to fight the Lord on that one. And some of you laugh because you just like me. <laughs> you don't like it either. But, but listen to me. Now, why do we, fa- why do we fast, and pr- fast and pray? Now, preferably, we're going to ask everybody to do this on Wednesday. From 6 to 7, for 120 days, we want you to come out and pray. Now, if you say, well, Pastor, I can't come Wednesday, I can't fast, then look, once a week, one day, one meal, at minimum one meal a week, fast and focus all of your energies on praying for the lost. Now, now why do we do that? You remember when Jesus first began his ministry in Matthew chapter 4? Before he did anything, he went out into the wilderness. Jesus fasted for 40 days. And, and, and the scripture said he, eat, he ate or drank nothing. We ain't asked y'all to do that. How many know this is a light sacrifice compared to what he did? 40 days, no eating or drinking anything. Before he started. How many know when Jesus came back out of that experience, bam, man, things started happening. Oh, my God, people got saved. Jesus shook up some stuff. How many know that when we're fasting and praying, stuff is going to get shaken up? Now, here's the thing. What, what does fasting do? People are like, well, fasting is not about trying to force God to do something that we want him to do. Fasting is really about getting our minds in sync with his so we can hear him better. How many know God is talking? One of the things I found out with fasting do more than, if, you, if ever you want to hear from God, if somebody ever tell you, man, I've been praying hard, I need to really hear from God on this, but, but, but ask them the question, did you fast? If they say they haven't fasted, they ain't there yet. They don't really want to hear from them yet. Because what fasting does is it helps to crystallize the voice of God. How many know that as it relates to evangelism, we need to hear his voice? We need to hear, God, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? Who? Fasting will help you to hear that better. That's the benefit of fasting. You get to hear, you get to discern. If you want to hear God, you want to make a major decision, take some time and fast. And depending on how deep that situation is, you may want to fast even more. Take some time and fast. Some of you know I'm talking about, say amen. You hear God much better when you're fasting. So God says, God says, tell my people, I want them to sacrifice me at least minimum a meal. Some of y'all, God's going to call you to do it a day or two, a week. You don't have to go and advertise. You don't have to go and tell anybody. So I'm just going to pray for the harvest. That's what we're praying for. Pray for the harvest. Pray and understand what the harvest is. The harvest is about people. When Jesus said the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers are few, who do you think he was talking about? People. It's about people. So we want to fast and pray at least once a week for the harvest. Which number are we? Number five. Here's the one I know you're going to love. 
Y'all ready for this one? Select a community and pray for it. Prayer walk. Prayer walk. This is what God told me. Now, preferably do your, your own community once a week for 120 days. Wherever God has you. If you're on Quantico, take about 15, 20 minutes once a week and walk and pray. Walk and pray. Now, but pastor, why are we doing that? Why is it that we need to walk and pray? Can I just pray at home? Yeah, you can do a lot of things at home. But there's something about that people don't understand that there are principalities and spiritual wickedness and strongholds over places. <sighs> Y'all don't believe me. Just write this verse down. Ephesians 6, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to read this verse to you. And it says this. Put on the whole armor. Everybody say the whole armor. Whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. How many know that Satan is not going to stand by and just let us win the kingdom? And bring people in. There are strongholds over, not over cities, just cities, but even over communities. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? You go to certain communities, how many know there's a stronghold there? Whether it could be drugs, whether it could be immorality, whether it could be a, 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 a sexual sin, whatever it is, there are strongholds. So what we do is we're going to go to these cities or these, these communities in Stafford County and pray. Now, we didn't, we're not asking you, we're not giving you a time frame. We're not saying go an hour. We're saying, however the Lord leads you, take some time once a week, and honey, let's go pray. And some of us, like me, we can use the exercise. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and pray, and pray for that city. I mean, and pray for that community. Pray and believe God to break the strongholds and to break every yoke. You see, some of us, part of the reason why we're not successful in evangelism is because we don't know how to fight. It's a spiritual thing. We're trying to win the people lost with fleshly uh, weaponry, and it doesn't work. It has to be done with the spirit. You want to plow somebody's heart? You got to do it with prayer. God changes hearts. You can't. You can't change hearts. You're trying to do this thing in the flesh by good. I can stand there and say, okay, give you five plans. If you notice how balanced this plan is, it's about work and faith. Because what it says to us is, in this plan, what the Holy Spirit gave me is God said, I want the people to rely on me. But at the same time, they got to show me that they believe me. I'm asking them to take some steps. How many know for us taking a prayer walk once a week over community for exchange for five or six people getting saved, it might be worth it. So that's our five-point plan. Come on, give God a praise. Yeah. 120 days. And here's what God said he would do. God said to me, this would be the turning point of our church. Every seat in, by June will be filled in the house. You know why? Because everybody is going to be activating the plan. So seats are going to be filled. I mean, you, you ought to get excited right there. The atmosphere of the church would change drastically. We saw a little bit of it this morning, didn't we, with the praise team. Was that off the hook? That's what God's taking us. Crisp, clean, good. Set your own fire. Make you cry. Hallelujah. Watch out, somebody said. 
not only is the 120 campaign is not just about the four months. So here's what God said. God said that this, the spirit of this campaign is going to carry us throughout the whole year. The campaign ends June the 2nd, but the spirit of it will continue because how many know when you see something that it works, how many know you get motivated? And God is saying this is the pilot. This is the beginning of what he is going to do. This is just the starting point. So I say to you, look around, for you will see this no more. Oh, I, don't, I need to see some faith in your face. Come on. Now, what I need from you, here's what I need from you. Here's what God needs. A full commitment. Do the plan. Now, at the end of the service, my wife and Crystal at the table, there will be, uh, we have a flyer for you that explains a kind of a summary of the plan, one flyer. We want you to take that flyer and post it. The campaign begins next week, uh, next Monday. And so take it, put it on your refrigerator, because you know when you stuck it away and you don't see it, how many know that you, 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 know, you, you just push it to the side? Put it someplace where you can see it and pray and execute the plan. Please execute. I need 100% commitment. Commit to it. Commit to it. Commit to it. Watch this. Number two, here's what I need. I need you to resolve conflict, sin, and indifference. Here's what I mean when I say that. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? And I know I'm going a little bit long. Just bear with me for a couple more minutes. This is Vision Sunday, amen? Um, because I know that some of us, maybe, you know, we got conflict with one another. Maybe we're not, we're feeling indifferent about things. I want to say to you right now, resolve it, get over it, and let's get moving. Because we got work to do. And we don't want there to be any hindrance. Bring next week. I want everybody in here. You got people, family, friends in this community, around about this community. Bring stuff here next week. Bring a list. We're going to pray over them next week. Do you hear me? Bring a list. Don't come here without a list. Bring a list of people that you believe in God for, and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray, and we're going to see God move. Um, and then the next thing, I need you to promote the plan. When people come in this room, we will have these banners up as a reminder for the next 120 days. So some of you say, well, I'm getting tired of looking at yellow. You're going to see that bright, pretty yellow as a reminder that we're still in this thing. Amen? We're still in this thing. I, I, need, I, I need you to be in it. Promote the plan. Tell your friends about it. Tell people about it who come. Tell them about what we are doing. Get excited, amen, about this. Because God is about to move. That's our plan for the next 120 days. God says, if you do this, everybody do it. God says, I'm going to turn this thing around. How many of you want that? Amen. How many want to see your church feel the seats filled? Amen. How many of you want to see us having problems like we need more chairs, pastor? How many of you want to see stuff like, like, well, pastor, we got too many kids and the children. She needs some help. And the church and the women in church, amen, amen. How many know that now is the time because our goal is by the end of this year that I will no longer preach from here. I will preach from here. Amen. That's where you need to see your pastor at. With the praise team up here because we don't have much room down here. It sounds like a lofty goal, doesn't it? 
But this is what God told me to give us. Are you ready for the harvest? Are you ready to make a difference? I want you to come with us. Come and let's see what God will do. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm going to do things a little bit different this morning. Next week, we're going to pray. We're going to, we're going to really pray for our harvest. We're going to say a special prayer as we begin our campaign. But if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning, um, and you believe, and you affirm this word this morning, I just want those who do to just come up. I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. Just come to the altar if you believe it this morning. If you believe in this plan, if you believe it's of God, and you want to see a change, Everybody up here, you are so precious. I, just, I need to step back and look at you. You're beautiful. You're marvelous. You know, the wonderful thing about this is God just asks us to just be a little faithful and act like we believe him. And he'll do it. That's all he wants. We're not just going to sit around anymore and just hope. Just hope for somebody to see the signs. The kingdom of God suffer violence, and the violence take it by force. We've got to get mad enough to say, this 120 days of harvest, this is it. This is our moment. If you ever believe in this church for one moment, if you ever cared an iota, this is the moment right now where I need you. If I ever needed you, it's now, right now, I need you to say, Pastor, we're going for this. I mean, let's go for broke. I mean, let's not go halfway. Let's jump in this thing. And let's do this thing together so that we'll look back one day <laughs> and say, look what God did with just a few folk who just was crazy enough to believe. Every son, every child, every daughter. Listen, every soul is important. Parents, get your kids involved in one point. Get them involved too. Everybody reach, reach, reach and believe and believe and give it 100%. And if you give it 100% in four months, nothing happened, then put it on me. But I believe that something great is going to happen. God's going to move. It's going to move. God has spoken to me very clearly about this. Don't be sensitive. Don't be overly sensitive about what the enemy is going to do. Because some of you, he's going to try to sift you. He always does. Because the work. Because the enemy sees what's coming down the pipe. So he's going to fight you. But be wise. Be discerning. Jesus says, be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Because we got the best gift that any person could ever get. 120 is about magnifying the king. It's about bringing in 
that which he has ordained from the foundation of the earth. And we got our part. How many know we want our part? This is our part of history. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I wanted to be said that I was a part of 120, Lord, that made a difference. This is our moment. About you here some praise. I want you to repeat after me. Father, we thank you for the harvest. God, we are open to what you want to do. Give us the grace to minister. Give us the power to walk in dark places and share the good news. Lord God, I'm ready for the harvest. Make me a vessel prepared. Help me to get in unity with my brothers and my sisters. Help me to love them with my life. Lord Jesus, fill our hearts, fill our chairs, fill this place with new converts, with new disciples for your glory. We receive the harvest right here and right now. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, give God a praise. I normally don't do this, but I, I just want to take a second. Uh, sir, can you, can you come up? I just want to take a second, sir. Come on, give our visitor a hand, if you will. I usually don't do this, but I, I, I just want to let you know. Uh, can, can you come up here, sir? I, I promise I won't bite you. Uh, we just want to let you know. I want you to come, come up here with me, please. I want you to come up here with me. And I, I want you to look because, and this is no pressure on you at all. I just want you to know that everything that we're doing, is because of people like you. Amen. We love you. We value you. And more importantly, God loves you. And he sent us to be a blessing to you. And God wants you to know this morning that your struggles, whatever it is that is troubling you, that's bothering you, that God is saying to you today that he is going to do a work to free you He's going he's to pull you out of it, whatever it is that you're in. I don't know what it is, but God is going to make a way for you out of no way.